Broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York. And Boca Raton, Florida. It's the Freight 360 Podcast. From freight broker sales tips to sports talk, this podcast is all about helping you grow as a freight broker. We're your hosts, Nate Cross. And Benjamin Kowalski. Let's talk freight. All right, welcome back for episode 176 of the Freight 360 Podcast. I will have to warn you that that intro was a little bit of a lie this week because Ben's not here. And so we don't have Boca Raton, Florida. Ben is sick. He's out with strep throat. So um, I've taken it upon myself to bring in a color commentator by the name of Andrew Pierce uh, to join me today. So, Andrew, I'll get to you in a second. But, hey, if you are brand new to Freight 360, welcome. You found us at a great episode. We're going to be talking all about double brokering today and what you can do to prevent uh, yourself from getting scammed. we got a lot of stories to tell, and hopefully you guys can learn from those stories. It's been been rampant this year but keep sharing us with your friends in the industry we're dropping new episodes every single week every friday at midnight eastern time share us with your friends leave that review check it out if you like the video version go to youtube if you just like the audio you can get it on spotify itunes wherever you listen to podcasts so uh Andrew, I'm I'm uh, I'm putting you in the hot seat, and I got to warn anyone listening. He says he's a little nervous today, so don't worry. I've never <laughs> lost a patient on the podcast, so welcome to the show. You are actually in uh, Tennessee, so we should have said broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York, and is it Hermitage? Is that your town? Hermitage, Tennessee, the one and only. Yep. The what? Is there anyone yep. famous from Hermitage? Like a famous, uh, like a famous, Jackson. like old president? Who? Yeah, Andrew Jackson. Yeah, so his uh, his really? home. He- yeah, he called it the Hermitage. So uh, Andrew Jackson. No, yeah. So what's funny is, if you remember right before we started recording, I said, "Hang on, I'm reading text," and somebody literally just sent me a text that said, "Andrew Jackson. He's been moving freight since 1830," and sent me a picture of Andrew Jackson. So uh, <laughs> full circle right there, Hermitage, Tennessee. If you guys don't know where Hermitage is, it is in the Nash, the Greater Nashville area. It's a six one five area code. Uh, Andrew has been working with me for what is it, like eight or nine months now, less than a year. But so you're newer into brokerage. Yeah. What are your thoughts on brokerage? Uh, you know, first, first 12 months here. Uh, it's a heck of an industry. Um, definitely a beast, a lot of moving parts, but, uh, did you, did you know what it was before you got started in it though? Or no? Um, I had an idea of what it was. I, I had the, you know, the basic, you know, how it works. But, um, as far as like the everyday kind of like, getting in there on the front lines and everything. I had no clue. So well, here's what's funny. And I'll, I'll kind of, I'll open the curtains here or pull the curtains back as they say. So, uh, you know, I work for Pierce worldwide logistics in Tennessee or the Nashville area down in Brentwood. And, um, Andrew, your name, ironically, your last name is Pierce. So you, uh, your dad is the owner of the company, Kevin Pierce. So that's why, that's why you're a great color commentator for today's show. And we do a lot of work together every day, working with the the fine agents at Pierce. So, hey, anyone out there looking for a new home for your agency, or if you, maybe you're W2, you want to switch to the agent world, you come come talk to me and, and Andrew and I will take care of you. But it's funny. So, you know, coming into it, you having grown up around brokerage and trucking because you know, you guys, uh, there's a trucking company and a brokerage under the Pierce name. And, uh, you know, most people, you know, you kind of hear what your parents do, what your family does. And then you go like spend a day at work with them. You're like, what? This is, you know, this is what you do. So, but now you're learning it, man. You're now you're, you're a, you know, seasoned, seasoned rookie, I can say in brokerage. So yeah, we have a good time though. So let's hit a little, on a little sports here. Um, every week, 
for the last roughly four months, every single listener has had to hear me tout about the uh, the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills, and uh, they lost the divisional round again this year. This time to the Bengals, and it wasn't a you know it wasn't a thirteen seconds. It wasn't a a crazy penalty call. We just got outplayed, blown out. Three score game. The Bills had no gas in the tank. Uh, might be the last time we saw some key players like Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poyer play on our defense. I actually met Jordan Poyer yesterday, sending a bunch of packages back home where he lives in Oregon. Um, held the door for him. Told him I was a big fan. But you know, just the sad end of the sad end of the football season. But you're a Titans fan, and the Bills and Titans have had a pretty good rivalry the last three years. We've played. Uh, we won't be playing each other next year based on, you know, you guys couldn't beat the Jaguars apparently to get into the playoffs and secure oh, the gosh. one seed. Oh, man. But Don't that's okay. It, it doesn't matter because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's down to the Chiefs and the Bengals, the 49ers, and the Eagles. So who do you think is going to win the AFC? What are your thoughts? Chiefs or AFC? Bengals? Um, I don't know. I think if the Bengals can beat the Bills – I think they're the new team of destiny. So I, I think, yeah, uh, I, th- I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna go to the Super Bowl for sure. Yeah, um, man, I see. I agree. The Bengals are so good. Joe Burrow is the he's cold blooded. He is just so on point. That team played really, really well recently. And if they continue to do the same thing, I mean, we saw Kansas City almost, almost let Jacksonville hang on in that divisional game. Right? It was like a was it like it ended up being 10 point game or something like that, but, uh, or nine, I don't even know what it was, but it it was close. They were like within one score for a while there. And, um, I think Cincinnati can win that game next weekend. I think the 49ers are the hot ones on the NFC side, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that team is just outstanding. So I'm going to project, you're going to see the Cincinnati Bengals play the 49ers and the championship. And I don't know yet. I got to see how both teams look this weekend to predict the Super Bowl. But what do you think about right. that? I don't know. I think it's a nice change of pace to see, uh, you know, these two teams. We don't typically see them, you know, this deep into the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be a fun game to watch. Yep. All right. Well, that's all I got for uh, for playoffs. Um, I'm, You know, you'll still hear me talk about the Bills in the offseason and, and all that stuff. But I digress. So, if you are a freight broker, obviously you've got to use some good tools out there, and one of those is going to be a load board. So you got to make sure you check out DAT. Take the guesswork out of freight with DAT. The DAT load board network is the largest on-demand freight marketplace in North America, connecting freight brokers with available capacity on any lane. Grow your business with tools that allow you to find new business partners. Plus, you can quickly qualify and onboard new carriers. And with the leading, with the industry's leading freight rate data, you can make clear and confident pricing decisions. Use the link in the show notes or the YouTube description box to get your first month free of DAT Power Express or Trucker's Edge. And I actually just talked with DAT briefly earlier today. Um, they're replacing all those load boards with what's called DAT One. I checked it out for the first time today. Did you know that, Andrew? DAT One. Have you heard of the new, the new uh, oh, yeah. DAT product? Have you ever yeah, used yeah. it though? Like I didn't even click on the DAT one link until today. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the uh, the layout. I haven't used it directly, no. But so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's nice. 
I'm going to be checking that out. But make sure if you want a free month of DAT, there's a link in the description box, show notes, whatnot, and you'll get that free month. Um, courtesy of our partnership here at Freight 360. All right, so today we're talking about double brokering. We're going to talk about what we've seen. Uh, we did an episode on this a couple months ago after uh, I came back from D.C. with uh, Kevin Pierce and your brother, Matt Pierce. We, we went down there with about 100 folks that are members of TIA to talk on Capitol Hill to some lawmakers and lobby about how nothing's being done about this this crazy thing going on here. So um, what's interesting, I'll give you a little stat, in 40 plus years, our brokerage prior to Memorial Day last year, maybe can count on one hand the amount of double broker fraud instances that we dealt with, right? Doesn't mean they didn't happen. It's just all that popped up and we got scammed on. Um, there have been, we did a like a town hall style meeting on this yesterday with our agents to talk with everybody about the issues and kind of get their thoughts on it and our thoughts. We're dealing with, was it 10 per month? Is that what the stat we came up with? Something, Something like, like that. that? Yeah. yeah. 10 times a month we're getting scammed. So this is not your typical, hey, I'm a broker. I'll give my load to a driver or to a carrier. They double broke or they rebroker it and every, everyone gets paid and we don't know. This is like somebody pretends they're going to haul a load, gives, gives it to somebody else, get, snags a quick pay out of us and then just goes rogue. And then the actual carrier ends up finding their way back to us, whether it's through the shipper or whatever, and says like, hey, I need to get paid on this. And we're like, no, we already paid so-and-so. Well, then we end up paying two different carriers and we lose money. So it's been huge. Um, over 80,000 reported incidents, instances last year to the FMCSA, and they didn't investigate any of them. So we're hoping to see some change this year. So let's talk about what can you do to prevent double brokering. And th- these are some of the tips that we've put in place at Pierce and that, you know, this is also feedback from a lot of the, the folks that I've worked with over the years, especially um, our trusted agents. So it starts with vetting your carrier, right? So, you know, it comes down to uh, not just checking an MC number and making sure they have insurance, right? That that used to do the job and make a lot of people feel good. That's not the case anymore because I can go impersonate some good quality carrier and look good on paper and that's not actually who I am. So we're talking about look at a, a carrier and look at things like how long have they had their authority? Have they been around for 90 days or five years. Um, how many power units do they have registered and how many inspections have they gotten? One of the biggest things I think we've seen is a carrier that's been around for over two years has six trucks and has zero inspections in the last two months or two years, right? Like we had, if you, if you remember yesterday, one of the guys in the company, um, he you know came up to us after the meeting and was like, Hey, we had a list of some fraud MC numbers so, you know, some bad actors out there. And he's like, Hey, like I've been using these guys, you know, no issues. They're on one of my loads right now. And they're on this list of like bad brokers. And, um, he, they probably just been getting away with it. And we looked them up online. We, you know, we used highway, safer watch FMCSA, and we see they've got no inspection history. So they might be doing a good job at making sure that freight gets delivered, but it's not on one of their trucks. They're, they're scamming someone somewhere. So those are some of the basic things to look at. Um, have you played around in the highway tool at all, Andrew? Um, not really played around in it, no. Um, so it's pretty cool. Um, if you guys haven't ever used highway, check it out. It used to be called Carrier List. It was 
It was created. Uh, it was started by Kevin Hill, who um, he he's not in charge of it anymore. Um, they had, they had some revamp to it and um, they sold it, I think about a year ago, but uh, one of the great guys over at FreightWave. So it, it, you know, one of the things carrier list does is it, it takes all that basic information from FMCSA. So, you know, how long you've been in business and how many power units do you have? And um, you know, what violations in CSA score, all that stuff. But what carrier list does is then it gives you additional insight. I use this tool all the time, and they're you know not affiliated with Freight 360 by any means. I wish they were because I love the product so much. I would definitely promote it. But it'll look at things like they have had no inspections in the last six months or 24 months, and it'll flag that. It'll also have other user reported, um, you know, inc- you know, incidents like report of hey this carrier was identified on multiple fraud broker lists or I caught them double brokering. It'll even look at where they've been inspected and show you on a map. Like, hey, they normally operate in the Southeast, but now they're trying to take a load in California for me for some reason. Um, it'll tell you if they have a, if there's a brokerage authority registered at the same address or within a quarter mile. Um, it'll tell you the, the VIN number, make, model, and year of any tractor or trailer registered and verified through inspection data to that MC number. So you get all kinds of insights and warnings to let you know if, if a carrier is potentially going to be a fraudster or a double broker. So I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, we also use SaferWatch. Um, TIA Watchdog is another good one. So TIA Watchdog is a, is a tool within the TIA. If you're a member there, and that's it's kind of like how Carrier 411 has freight guards which is you know, a report against a motor carrier for something. And TIA Watchdog will do the same thing. It could be um, carrier holding a load hostage, but double brokering has been hot lately. So that's been one on there. And w- what we found out is that you know we, we have all these tools, but we found out yesterday a lot of the folks in our company haven't been using them, right? Even though we have mm-hmm. access to it. Right. So yeah. we set up a bunch of our new folks or a bunch of our folks yesterday as new users in TIA Watchdog and on the highway um, tool and whatnot. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of tools out there to help out with with uh, double brokering. I'm going to ask you this, Andrew. Have you? I mean, you've dealt with a handful of these with our folks the past year. Have you, mm-hmm. uh, you got any crazy story that sticks out double broker wise? We've had um, some. I mean, we've had some the, uh, there's been a few instances of like, you know, physical threats and, you know, I'm going to come down there and punch you down and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, that's, that's true. That's pretty- about, so there's been like, a, like the carrier that actually hauled the load saying, hey, you better pay uh, me. Or I'm going to come down there and beat you up or what? I, I guess it must have been right. Because uh, so one of the things that we do, one of the things that we do at uh, at our company um, with a new carrier, if we're not familiar with them yet. Right. What we will do is we'll say, hey, if you want to request a quick pay out of us, which is going to be typically, you know, within you know, same business day or within a couple of days, we want to make sure that we can prove that you definitely hauled this load and it's, you know, you're not fraud. So we're going to request GPS tracking on these folks. Um, and if they don't have GPS tracking throughout the entire load, we'll want to see a copy of their e log. So the, you know, the, the ELD inside their truck, which, logs where they are when they were driving and all that stuff we'll want to see that and i have seen carriers that get pissed about that and they're like i've been in business for eight years 
No one's ever asked me for a copy of my logs. I'm not, I don't want to track and they'll get pissed off. But the reality mm-hmm. is, you know, unfortunately we have to kind of tighten down our belt a little bit and, and kind of, you know, get a tighter grip on the stuff that's going on as far as, as carrier fraud. And it's going to affect the good actors too, right? That's why we'll take, we would rather take extra steps to vet out and weed out bad actors then it just penalize anybody that's a new, you know, brand new to our company or brand new as a as a motor carrier stuff like that. So, um, the GPS but, tracking. Do you remember the one where one of our guys, you know, he was a little worried. He's like, I think, you know, I got three loads. He happened to be in the same city as the loads were delivering. He had a carrier that agreed to all three loads. Um, he goes to watch as the first two loads get delivered. And not the it's not the carrier he hired. They're not even the same. The two trucks that got there are not even the same carrier. And he's like, Nate, I have one more of these on the road right now. What do I do? And I was like, Well, the first two are were double brokered. We know that. So we're gonna have to, you know, freeze pay on the on the fraudster, get the actual carrier set up, get them paid. But this third one, I was like, Tell him you want tracking. So he sets up he sends a tracking link to the carrier. They activate it, and they were over in Azerbaijan. You remember this? Like over in uh, yes. so Azerbaijan's near like yes. Iran, uh, Turkey, Georgia, not the Georgia like Atlanta, Georgia, but Georgia over in I guess you'd call that like the is that like the Caucasus region. Um, and it quickly deactivated the link, and then reset it up over in like <laughs> wherever the truck actually was. And I was like, man, that truck got from Azerbaijan to the United States very fast. Um, <laughs> But it's you know it's because we started to see trends of these new carriers. Every it, again, it's not every new carrier. It's we would get a trend of new carriers that every now and then we're setting these guys up, and they're the ones that are scamming us. They're the ones that are are getting us left and right. So we're like, all right, you know, we don't want to say no quick pay. We don't want to penalize the good folks, but mm-hmm. to prevent getting screwed or frauded, you know, we want to we want to see where you're at and verify that you are in fact who you say you are. And you are where you say you are. Um, so GPS tracking is big. E-logs, if we absolutely need to, as a backup. Um, other things, too, right? Like, we've seen this a bunch. A Someone impersonates a broker, right? You you know, say, you know, you're on the phone. Or they impersonate a carrier. You're on the phone with a carrier. They give you an MC number. They look good. The insurance is good. Authority is good. And they're like, oh, yeah, um, send the packet to this Gmail account, the carrier packet. And it's like, well... The uh, your if you go on FMCSA's website or if you're on Safer Watch or any of these vetting carrier vetting websites, the FMCSA has you know this email address on file as the email of record, but they wanted sent to a random Gmail account, and we got we got dinged down a handful of those because we were sending setup packets to people that were impersonating a legit carrier with no intention to ever haul it. They just rebrokered it. And then got a quick pay and then left. So then we started looking at, you know, how can we properly vet out these folks? And one of the tips that we figured out is if you're talking to, a, you know, because there's independent dispatchers, they're legit. They're there to help these small owner ops and small carriers out there with booking loads and handling paperwork. If you get a, a dispatcher who wants you to send a carrier packet or a rate confirmation to an email address that's not the FMCSA record email address, just call that carrier's they you know, their corporate line or whatever's registered. Ask somebody there, hey, I'm talking to Jim over here at blah, blah, blah. 
you know, just want to verify that he is someone that I can send a carrier packet over to. He's not listed on the FMCSA for you, but he says he's working for you. And they'll tell you, like, no idea who that is. Or, yeah, 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 it's my dispatcher. So that, that, that step right there can save you. And again, these are things that we've figured out over, you know, the last six or nine months. Um, it's crazy. I mean, Andrew, you, you've been in this game pretty much since everything went wild. I'm almost wondering if you're the bad, you know, you're the bad omen that has caused all this. No, Must be. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, this was not a normal occurrence if you go back in the previous years. You, you had a couple mm-hmm. here and there, um, but mostly it was done as you'd, you'd get like a small carrier who would take a load and ends up not having a truck and he gives it to his buddy, right? And we just don't find out about it. Whereas now, like, it's their business model to just defraud people, steal money. I'm going to pretend to be a carrier, get a quick pay, and then screw the next guy. And then they just, they, you know, they fall off the face of the earth. So Right. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because you would think, you know, in the past before computers and technology and everything that uh, it would be more prevalent. You would think tracking and everything would weed it out to some degree, right? You would think that. I also think about that with any kind of scam that goes on. Um, people just get smarter and they find new ways. Like I think whenever we create a system to prevent fraud, the fraudsters, they get smart and they're like, all right, they're comfortable doing it this way. Let's find a new way. You know, it's like, you, right. you know, the Egyptian prince email scam. Like, hey, you're the heir of an Egyptian. Egyptian. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Like throwing it back. So, I mean. For a couple of years, like people got dinged on that and then they moved to other stuff. People started using like online dating to scam people and have them send them money. Um, you had the uh, like, I don't know, I got scammed on. I don't have any cryptocurrency anymore. I dabbled in it for like a very short period of time just to play around. And I got dude, someone hacked into my email, hacked into my cell phone, stole my had my phone number ported over to their phone used it to get a, a password reset code sent to my phone number, hacked into my Coinbase account and offloaded like a thousand bucks. Wow. They get smart. It's complex. Yeah. There are, so yeah. anyway, I agree. You think with technology having improved, we'd get better at this, but I think that they just get smarter. So um, it was funny. We, you know, we started to ask our folks yesterday, you know, in addition to the stuff that we tend to see, we ask them, like, what do you guys like? What are the red flags that, that they would see? And I want to talk about some of those um, right now. So one of the big ones was like background noise. So if you if you have a phone with the carrier or a dispatcher and they claim they've got like one truck or two trucks, but it sounds like they're in the call center for like 50 people. Right. Like that's telltale sign of. It doesn't add up, right? And we've seen these double broker operations pop up in Eastern Europe, in Pakistan, and in India. Um, you know, nothing against those parts of the world. There, there's some beautiful areas there, but it just tends to be where this stuff has popped up. Same thing with, you know, some people. You know, you hear Glendale, California. You know, is it six one six? Won't take a load out of there. Um, you know, it's. Just the reality is there's these certain areas where stuff has popped up. Armenia is another one of them. So if you hear a lot of background noise when you're talking to a small, quote unquote, owner operator, um, that's a red flag. Another one, let's say you've got a load that you've posted and the rate is like, it's okay, but it's not like you're paying super high. 
You're kind of doing like one of those post and pray. Like, yeah, I'm going to make some outbound calls, but I'll just post it as well anyway. If somebody calls you up, doesn't even try to haggle whatsoever and just says, yeah, I'll take it. Red flag. You think about most of the time when a carrier calls you, you'll say something like, uh, uh, they'll ask you about the load and you got to say you got to post it at $2,000 and they'll say something like, what's your best rate boss? You know, they want to haggle with you. You're like, ah, you know, that's 2000 all in. That's the best I can do. All right. 2,600. Send me the rate con. And it's like, well, no, right. They want to haggle. They want to get, they want to pinch every little penny out of you. But so if somebody just hops in on a, not a bad load, but not as desirable and they just take it right. Red flag. Same thing. Let's say they're a dispatcher. And they don't say, hey, let me call my driver and, and just verify. They just say, yep, that's good. Red flag. We have, you know, the instances where a driver or a dispatcher, whether they're an independent dispatcher or a company dispatcher, uh, if they call, they say, hey, I got to call my driver. Those like 99% of the time do not end up being fraud or double brokering because they're, you know, they have no reason to pretend they're calling a driver if they're just trying to fraud you. Uh, maybe they'll get smart and start doing that, though. I don't know. Um, like the low rate, right? They hop on a low rate super fast when no one else does. Um, here's one I thought was funny: foreign accent with a Western Americanized name. So, like, you get the again. I'm I want to be politically correct here, but you get this person that sounds Eastern European, and their name is John Smith. Right, right. right. We've never <laughs> seen that before, right? I thought it was funny. We had a. Uh, I won't go into too much detail. We had an instance where a guy, we could tell he was not, he was not American. Um, he sounded like he was maybe Middle Eastern, Indian, somewhere over in that part of the world where that that accent or whatnot was, was common. Mm-hmm. But he used, instead of a common American name, he used a Mexican name. And it was really strange because... He was impersonating an American, used a Mexican name, but sounded Middle Eastern. So, yeah, it was, it was a good attempt, but um, we get a lot of those. The generic ones, right? Like the uh, the Mikes and the Bobs and the John Smiths, John Doe's. Ooh, I saw, I, I you know, what's funny is like you get someone who gives like a celebrity name and they have no idea that the name they're giving is like is famous. So like a... Uh, you know, a dispatcher who sounds Eastern European and their name is Josh Allen or Derek Henry, <laughs> uh, George Probably. Washington. So you get those. Um, somebody posts a load. So here's another way, right? You get you, you hire somebody. If you have a weird inkling, check that, you know, run that lane on DAT or truck stop or wherever. Right. Is it reposted? Because there you go. Clear sign right there. And again, I, I don't want to. I don't want to make you guys think that you got to add 20 minutes to every single load that you're working on um, because you're afraid to get burned. But these are just like, you know, a collective amount of things that we've seen from our folks and, you know, better to share that information. So some other stuff you can do is, um, you know, you're going to give a give a load to a driver, withhold the pickup address or the pickup number until the driver accepts GPS tracking. So you know that. Um, hey, the load's picking up in um, Hermitage, Tennessee, right? The one and only Hermitage. But you don't give the exact address or the pickup number for the shipper until they've accepted GPS and you can verify that they are, in fact, 
going to be the ones hauling that load for you. Is there any um, any cool spots in Hermitage, by the way, for anyone that's ever going to visit Tennessee that they should go check out? Uh, yeah, yeah. Go to Nadine's. Excellent. If what is Nadine's? Uh, Nadine's is a little, uh, I wouldn't call it a bar. They've got pretty good sandwiches there, good fillies and everything. Probably uh, if you're going to get a filly in Nashville, you know, go go to Nadine's. It's, uh, you know, they won't disappoint you. Hot chicken sandwich. What's your go-to? Are you a Had a Bees guy? I think or I'm a Prince's, Prince's guy. To be honest, yeah. back in the day, I think I used to be Hattie B's, but I've uh, I've converted. So uh, Princess is the original. So I, you gotta, I've had you both. Go oh yeah, did you get you got yeah, Princess usually? I got Princess at the uh, is it Fifth and Broadway that that like little that like shopping restaurant area down off Broadway, Fifth and Broadway. Yeah, yeah, downtown. Yeah, they have a little spot there um, on the second floor. Princess does. Okay, I didn't know that. I thought uh, anyone in Nashville, that. correct me if I'm wrong. Don't make <laughs> me Google this right now. Prince's downtown. I'm Googling while we're recording because I want to know if I got this right or not. Uh, Prince's downtown Nashville. Pretty sure I'm right. Prince's Hot Chicken Shack. Yep, Assembly Food Hall, 5055 Broadway, Nashville, Tennessee. Second floor. Um, yep. All right. Anyway, but you know, you can withhold that delivery address or pickup number until they accept GPS tracking and all that good stuff. Um, and so in specific on GPS tracking, you're going to get a lot of pushback from some of the older, more tenured veteran drivers that they don't want to accept it. You've got to decide as a company what you're comfortable with. So if you've got a brand new carrier that you've never worked with and they're raising a couple of hairs on your back of your neck or on your arm, you're like, something seems off here. Um, you know, some, you know, some folks in our company, they, they, re- they require GPS tracking on everybody, every load all the time. And it's not just for double brokering. It's because their customer wants to make sure they have timely updates. Um, but it's a good practice company wide to say, hey, if you're a new carrier and you've never hauled for us, we're not going to tender you a rate confirmation or give you a pickup number or full address until we've confirmed that you've accepted our tracking. Um, you know, you could also, like we talked about, verifying a, a dispatcher with the owner of the company. Just call them up, say, hey, this guy says he works with you, and want to make sure. And their thing is, uh, request driver's information. You know, if you talk to a dispatcher. If they can't give you the MC number on the side of the truck or the the color or make and model of the cabin trailer, the tractor number, trailer number, driver's name, driver's cell phone, you know, sometimes they can give you some of it. And they're like, well, I got to figure out which driver it is. Well, let me know first. But if they can't give you, give you anything, huge red flag. And lastly, when in doubt, and we've caught a lot of these before we've gotten scammed out of money, is get your customer involved. You know, hey, I'm sending this driver in, should have a red truck. Truck number is one two three. MC number is one two three four five six seven. Um, just you know, make sure that that's the, that's who we're supposed to be loading. Make sure that that's who it is that shows up. And then when they, hey hey you know Mr. Broker, it's Mr. Customer here. Um, truck showed up. Um, it's not the same MC number. Boom, you caught him right there. So uh, you know some tips right there. What are your thoughts on double brokering, Andrew? Overall, or anything um, I missed there? I know I kind of went through a lot of the tips that we've we've kind of compiled from our company. Well, I've actually got a question for you. So one of the situations yeah. that we saw today was uh, someone was trying to submit 
paper logs rather than electronic laws? What's the, I mean, like, like what, like what exactly does that mean? And like, what yeah, are the, what are the good question. Like? This is a good, good newbie one-on-one question. So um, about five years ago or so, the law was passed to require ELDs or electronic, electronic logging devices inside of trucks. Um, and if you had, if your truck was, uh, you know, older than 1999, you were grandfathered in. So back in the day, AKA like five years ago, they, uh, truck driver to log their hours throughout the day. So they'd have this like rectangle sheet of paper and it would have statuses like on duty driving rest, um, because the FMCSA regulates how many hours in a given day you can be driving versus on like a sleep or off duty status. Um, so they would have to draw a line across and say, Oh, for these four hours I was driving for this 30 minutes, I was on break for lack of better terms for these next five hours I was driving. And then for these next 10 or 11 hours, I was off duty sleeping or whatever, but drivers would lie. And if they, they would drive extra and they would just change their logs by just drawing the line differently. So the, as a safety precaution, they said, Hey, we're going to make sure you, we're going to mandate that anyone who has a truck newer than 99, which was, you know, just at the time was like 18 years old or, or newer mm-hmm. had to have this electronic device in their vehicle. Um, and they implemented it over a certain period of time before they started enforcing it. So now if a driver has to show their logs, whether it's to a, you know, at an inspection to a, you know, to a, a highway patrol officer or at a, at a um, inspection point, whatever the case might be, they can just show them their electronic log that shows, you know, how long they've been on duty that they're not violating that. Um, and you can't lie on those because when your car's drive, when your truck's driving over a few miles an hour, it triggers it that you're, that you're driving. Um, but if you have older, older power unit, older truck, you can still use paper logs. They're grandfathered in. So to request logs from somebody to prove that they did haul that load for you, um, a paper log could easily be fudged and they could just make it up and say, oh yeah, I, you know, that's just handwritten. That's all it is. Whereas an electronic log is created by a computer and will typically show you timestamps, locations, all that, like the, the status. So that's why a paper log is, is no, you know, it's no more reliable than a, a falsified bill of lading or POD or rate confirmation. So mm-hmm. just a forged document, but you can't forge an electronic, uh, an ELD log. So does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's another thing that amazes me about how, you know, how it's become more prevalent, the more the technology advances. I'm waiting for somebody to be able to have like, you know how you could like jailbreak an iPhone and you could like mm-hmm. do whatever you wanted to your iPhone. I want somebody to be able to like jailbreak their ELD, be able to break the laws. So who it's knows? coming. It's got to be. Um, well, good stuff. We got some. We got some other questions here from our listeners. We'll get into it in a second here. Um, but first, make sure if you're looking to hire, check out our friends over at Lean Solutions Group. Lean is the industry leader in nearshore staffing solutions with offices in South America, including freight broker, back office operations, accounting tech development, business development, marketing, customer service, and many other positions. To learn more about the vast solutions that Lean has to offer your freight brokerage or agency, visit them at www.leangroup.com. That's L-E-A-N group.com. 
All right. Here's some questions. And Andrew, you're invited to hop in on these questions if you're feeling confident. I know you're you're kind right. of a you're a rookie, right? And you're in your on your rookie contract still. Yeah, well, let's see what yeah. you got. So right. here's the first question. Uh, I'm a small carrier. So we got a small trucking company here. Small carrier that primarily specializes in flatbed freight. What do you recommend on how to start creating a list for customers in our industry or where to look besides Google Maps? I'm wanting to grow with direct freight versus through brokers and eventually add a freight broker service to our business. Um, so this is a small trucking company and they want to get customers directly instead of using a broker. And I don't know why they're using Google Maps. Um, I'm going to defer to the variety of other episodes and content on how to find customers. But I would do the, the same thing that we teach on how freight brokers can find customers, whether that is referrals, you know, following a BOL, uh, you know, Googling, LinkedIn, Facebook groups, um, databases like ZoomInfo, Chamber of Commerce, Reference USA. There is a ton of free and paid for stuff out there on how you can find a certain shipper. So if you're looking for flatbed freight, maybe you want lumber, steel, brick, stone, whatever it is, check out a lot of stuff online and just go to freight360.net and go to the content and just search for like shippers or prospecting. You'll find tons of videos, blogs, and episodes specifically on that. Um, so I will defer you to that. But yeah, good. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, it's a good method. I do like when a carrier that's small gets direct customers, but then can inject and add a brokerage to their company to service those same customers for additional freight that they don't have trucks for. Keeps one, one point of contact, and you know that's a good way to grow. Uh, next question: I asked one insurance agent to get me contingent insurance coverage, but she asked me how much, how many trucks I will run. Is it a common question? And is it possible to guess how many I will run? Um, Andrew, I'm going to, I'm going to quiz you here. Do you know what, well, I'm, she's talking about contingent cargo. Do you know what contingent cargo coverage is? Uh, I want to give so you the contingent, your guess. I'm curious. What do you think? <laughs> uh, contingent would be like if, um, you, you know, so the carrier would carry obviously uh uh, the cargo insurance and then contingent is yep. kind of a one-off policy, right? Like it's, uh, uh, you're close. Yeah. The carrier is going to cover a, or they're going to, the carrier is going to have a primary cargo policy, typically a hundred thousand dollars. Now, for whatever reason, if that policy were to not pay out on a claim example would be, uh, coverage was canceled mid shipment. There was an exclusion for some reason on there. Um, it lapsed mid shipment, uh, whatever, right? The broker can then have a contingent policy that acts as a safety net. But to, I mean, it depends what your contingent cargo policy can cover or not cover all kinds of things. So you're a good insurance agent or insurance broker will be able to help you get a policy that makes you know, sense to you financially based on the cost as well as offsetting risk by what it covers and doesn't cover. But so she's, she's saying, cause it was a girl who asked this question. I remember um, she's saying that the insurance agent wants to know how many trucks she's going to run. It's not relevant because you, you're a broker, you're buying a brokerage insurance policy. It doesn't, you don't have trucks. So that's an irrelevant question. So I'll go ask a different insurance agent or maybe your question is maybe we're confusing. You're asking a different question, but contingent cargo policy is not based on how many trucks a broker will run. Um, 
Last question. What's the deal with shippers and brokers wanting a trailer less than nine years old? So this is a carry that asked, why are all these shippers and brokers out there not wanting to use old equipment? What do you think, Andrew? What is your guess? Like, what does just common sense or gut instinct tell you? Think about like if you go to hop in an Uber and it's 10 years old versus brand new. Right. Yeah. You know, you don't want to, you know, if you, if you don't want to put your stuff on a, an old rickety truck, right? Yeah. Breakdowns, poor maintenance. Um, you know, we've, uh, one of the things that we do when we vet carriers out is we'll look at CSA scores and some of the, some of the things that we have like fairly low tolerance on is, um, things like brakes, tires, because these are things that they slowly over time will wear out. Like your brakes and your tire tread will wear out slowly over time. And with proper preventative maintenance, you can track this stuff and schedule and perform, uh, you know, maintenance and repairs and stuff on a scheduled basis. So you don't hit that point where you'd fail an inspection. Um, so a company that has old equipment is probably more likely to have poorly maintained equipment and it'll be affected in their safety or CSA scores. I'll tell you like with Pierce, our, our, our trucking company, Warren Pearson company, um, we know we pride ourselves on the reliability and the well-serviced nature of our, of our assets. So beautiful red tractors, um, based down in Haines city, Florida reefer trailers behind them. Um, I got down, you've been down there, right? When you were younger, probably to the, I was down there. Yeah. Well, I guess it would be 2021. So that's not last year anymore. It's 23 now, about a year and a half ago, I was down there, beautiful trucks, but you know, there's a safety person that works there. There's a maintenance person that works there. It's not just, Hey, I'll wait till my tires blow out and then I'll get new tires. Or I'll wait till my brakes run out and then I'll get new brakes. Uh, no, you know, scheduled preventative maintenance. That's the kind of stuff that gives a carrier a, a good reputation, uh, good on time percentage because they're not breaking down. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, so that was the answer to your question. You know, not to say that a, an old truck or an old trailer isn't going to be useful because they can be if they're properly maintained, but Companies that have older equipment, it's a higher likelihood that it's poorly maintained. Um, you know, so that's pretty much it. So that's that's my uh, that's our take on double brokering. So just to highlight it, you you know, take the extra step, right? You're gonna know, you're gonna have intuition if if someone if something doesn't seem right or it seems too good to be true, it probably is. If a if a carrier or dispatcher offers to take a load for way too cheap or doesn't haggle or their name or accent doesn't seem to line up or there's a lot of noise in the background, uh, red flags. Check them out. Safer Watch, TIA Watchdog, uh, the FMCSA Safer System, Carrier 411, Highway. Let us know what else you guys are using too that, you know, you want it. You know, we can check it out and um, take a look at some other carry vetting tools. But just, you know, due diligence. That's all it is. Um, so, yeah, Andrew. Episode 176, your first time on the podcast. Won't be your last, so I'm going to get you back on here. <laughs> All right. My man, color What'd you think, man? Do you have fun? Uh, absolutely. I didn't yeah. Talk yeah. A whole lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, anytime you, uh, anytime you need somebody, you know, Ben's got some big shoes to fill, but uh, happy, to be, happy to be here. <laughs> Let me ask you this. So you're, you know, you, you obviously in your first year in brokerage, 
what what do you th- you know based on what you've seen, what would you like to see different in this industry? If you could change a couple of things, what would you do? You think would make make life better or easier or just good overall in brokerage? Just in general or related yeah. to double brokering and um, anything. Yeah, anything. Double brokering or anything. If you could, if you could wave a magic wand, how would you change the industry? I'd like to see people, you know, treat people with a little more respect just in general. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that it's, it's all encompassing in the entire industry, but, uh, you know, 50% of the interactions that you have with other You're people. You're absolutely correct. Be, yeah. It can be I agree totally with you. And unnecessary. I, I would give a very similar answer to that. I think it's, it's the way that, you know, brokers talk to and about carriers and carriers talk to and about brokers. Um, we even like think about some of the shippers out there. We've seen, you know, we've had some folks that we've had to let go. Um, and you know, emails still kind of trickle through and you get some just nasty customers. We had like a customer bad mouthing one of our old brokers. And I was like, why would anybody want to work with that customer? Right. right. Yeah. What was yeah. that? What was the line? Yeah. It was like, uh, "Hey, if you promise to stop with your ridiculous email follow-ups, I might have some work for you, or something like that." Yeah, he but, he, he basically claimed that the you know the guy was harassing him or something, but we saw the email chain; it wasn't wasn't bad at all. So not at all. Um, yeah. But you get a lot with you know brokers and carriers. You know, brokers say that carriers are screwing them when. It's one way and then the market shifts like it is now and you got carriers saying that brokers are screwing them with low rates. You know, we all want to do a good job. I think you take you take care of everybody, you treat people well and um, good business and profits will follow that. So I agree with you, man. Well, good to have you on. Um, we'll see how the conference championships go for the AFC and the NFC this weekend. And uh We'll be seeing you guys, uh, or you'll be seeing us or hearing us uh, next week. It'll be the first February episode, episode 177 coming up. Andrew, any last thoughts? Uh, Nope, nothing for me, but thanks for having me. Of course. And until next time, and apparently next season, go Bills. That wraps up this episode of Freight 360. Check out the show notes for links to anything that we've referenced on this episode. And make sure to visit us online at Freight360.net to see our entire library of episodes, videos, blogs, and more. And make sure to check us out on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel for daily and weekly tips and content. If you'd like your question answered on the show, fill out the Contact Us form on our site and we'll see you next week.